Because being mindful is really challenging. We're on autopilot a lot of the time. We're glued to our phones. And whether you say you are or you're not, we're all glued to our phones. 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> the people who have been able to put like yeah. really strong boundaries on their technology is amazing. Mm-hmm. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to How Do You Feel? I cannot express enough how happy I am to be back to doing interviews in person. It is so much better than doing interviews over Zoom, so I was so happy to get to sit down one-on-one with my guests this week. Before I tell you guys about my awesome guests that I had on this episode, I want to share a little bit of news. There's been a lot of change happening. It seems like 2020 is just the year of curveballs and of learning to adapt to change. But I was offered a full-time role with DTS Fitness Education, which is a company that I have looked up to for years, and I am absolutely ecstatic at the prospect of having this position and joining their team. I already know I'm going to learn so much and grow so much, so it's very exciting. But that's also meant a lot of really fast change as far as the work that I'm doing with All Day Fit and having to make some adjustments there. I'm still part of the All Day Fit team and I'm still doing my four-week Relentless Habits series and online programming with them, but I have had to step back from some other things. So it's just been interesting to juggle everything. I'm feeling a lot of mixed emotions. There's definitely a lot of things running through my head and it's not necessarily a bad thing. They're not negative thoughts necessarily. It's good things and bad things, I think, but it's just a lot of change. So there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to wonder about. There's a lot of unknown. So anyways, that's what's been going on with me this past week. So it's been a certainly an eventful week. But more importantly, I am really excited to share this episode with you guys. I got the chance to sit down with Callie Rikus, who is the founder and owner of Bolo, which is a hybrid boxing gym, group class fitness space, workspace, cafe, bar, and blow dry bar in downtown Toronto. It was such a lovely experience. She invited me into her beautiful home. We got to sit down and the level of openness that Callie showed from the first moment we started talking was so wonderful and just made me feel so comfortable. And I think it led to some really great insights in this conversation. I think there's a lot in here that's really raw and real, but I think that a lot of people will relate to, especially those of us that are doers, <laughs> that are achievers. Um, Callie and I had a lot of things in common as far as trying to work through some of those things um, and learn how to just be okay with being without always doing. I am in love with the concept behind Callie's gym. And excitingly, Bolo is gonna be opening up for in-person classes again this coming Wednesday. So if you have the chance and you're in downtown Toronto, I highly recommend that you check out this space. 
The mission behind it is wonderful. It is a very unique space with lots of different things to do, and I won't give it all away. I'll let Callie tell you guys all about that. But Callie used to be a TV writer and TV producer, and then she went on to found her own business in Bolo and has a team and a staff of 35 people. Like I said, she's incredibly insightful. She's incredibly open and real. So I think you guys are going to love this conversation that I had with Callie Rikus. Hi, Callie. Welcome to the How Do You Feel podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So first of all, how do you feel about phase three starting in Toronto? Oh my God, like we could do a whole podcast just on (laughs) that. Um, Very much mixed emotions, which I think is surprising to some people to hear. Obviously, uh, my business was shut down just like everyone else's uh, in mid-March, and it has been a long haul waiting for that green light. And if you had asked me early on like how I would feel when phase three was green lit, I probably would have thought I would be just completely ecstatic and elated and just ready to roll. But man, we've been through a lot as humans, and I've certainly been through a lot as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I'm nervous. I'm I'm scared that I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared that you know people aren't ready to come back and that we're gonna fail. Mm-hmm. I'm scared, um, you know, that that the team dynamics will restore. I'm nervous, and I think it's it's not a terrible thing to be nervous. It's um, it's just a fact. So it kind of is like you know really bittersweet. Like I'm I'm so happy to get the business back up and running. I know it's not going to be what it was, mm-hmm. um, just by nature of like our limitations in terms of you know being able to be all in the same room at the same time and get that kind of same connectedness. So cautiously optimistic I guess Um, but I think I just try to keep it real like it's not all like rainbows and butterflies there's a lot to consider it's a lot of work and there's so many unknowns which really I haven't had to deal with since we opened like over three years ago so Mm -hmm. for a lot of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. being back in startup mode is is a really terrifying idea yeah that makes sense you guys were in such a groove for a while yeah so much changed and we entered covid and now so much is changing as we return so it's a lot to wrap your brain around for you guys going back what are the biggest differences in the services that you're offering and what you're able to do with bolo yeah good question i mean i think for most people the standard kind of changes are just the capacity um has been basically cut in half so That's a pretty literal thing to talk about, but for Bolo, because Bolo is more than just a a gym space, right? Like we're a community hub, we have a massive cafe workspace um, and a blow dry bar, um, as well as two fitness studios. But more than anything, I mean, I think you can get a good workout in a lot of places and, and that's that's great. You know, it's it's not hard to come by an awesome workout. Mm-hmm. And although we do that, and I do think we do that in a special way, um, I think that what makes Bolo such a unique space and, and the foundation of the idea for me to create something like Bolo is to create a space where we could be physically connected mm-hmm. um, and just be surrounded by like-minded people who had infectious energy and were s- super supportive and just on the same wavelength about fitness and body image and, and self-love and positivity. And 
you know, I wanted to solve the problem of coming and going as fast as you can. Right. So I wanted to create a space where people could elongate their wellness experience. Come, stay, do your work, see your friend, have a phone call, have a smoothie, have a cocktail, you know, have a class, get a blowout. It was sort of like a choose your own adventure. And the limitations that, um, that it's going to impose on our business from like a fundamental perspective of, of my purpose as an, as an entrepreneur is frustrating and certainly doesn't feel like, you know, what we've been put on in this industry to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So that's frustrating, you know, and, and I don't know how long that's going to go on for. If, if they, someone said to me forevermore, Bolo will only be able to be a fitness studio where people have to come five minutes before and leave five minutes after, I probably wouldn't do it. That's not my purpose. So how do you, knowing that purpose and knowing that you have to remove the element of physical connectedness, mm -hmm. so you can't allow people to linger in a space, mm -hmm. is there a way to maintain that purpose with this next iteration of what Bolo will be at least in the short term? Yeah, I mean, short term is probably the key factor here. Like, none of us can predict. It could be six months, it could be a year, it could be longer. God, God I really hope that's not true. But <laughs> it is possible. No one knows. Vaccine like, is coming. Yeah, I hope Hopefully so. Hopefully that'll fix everything. <laughs> um, how do you get around it? I, I, the answer to that is I'm not sure yet. Because I'm also not... I, I don't think that my purpose is to be a virtual entrepreneur. I'm really, you know, invested in this kind of physical attitude. And um, and although I think, you know, there are things we can do and even like All Day Fit's doing it really well with their virtual hub. And, you know, during the bulk of, of the COVID shutdown, we were doing things like vir uh, trivia nights virtually and we had a book club and a wine club and that was great. I think people are over Zoom right now, myself included, to be honest, I have major fatigue of that. So I'm not quite certain how we'll continue to, to keep that connectedness going. I think we have to start and see what happens and then kind of go with the flow of things. I'm, I'm hopeful that that connection and that energy will remain constant, even in the interim while we can't, you know, like be in each other's physical space as much as we want to be. Yeah, man. When we come back, and when things do go back to quote unquote normal, mm -hmm. whatever that is, mm -hmm. people are going to be craving that so much. So the fact that you will be providing that in a purposeful way, mm -hmm. I think, could once we return, make you even stronger. Yeah, hopefully. Because you're right. Like we're overdoing, we're overdoing the Zoom stuff. Yes, you can have a conversation over Zoom, but. There's a lot that's missing, and especially in groups. Yeah. Especially in groups, it's very challenging totally. because you can't have those breakout conversations. You can't connect one-on-one -on -one with someone yeah. and kind of just sit and listen to one person talk on the screen, mm -hmm. right? And even, I don't know how, about you, how you guys felt for the team, but keeping the team like really connected and, and you know, emotionally and spiritually aligned with one another was really challenging and we're such a family but it was really challenging staying connected everyone's got their own thing going on you know everyone's minds all over the place we've all been through so much and there is such a difference being physically in the same space and trying to you know communicate in that sense versus just really trying to beat a dead horse with the the zoom stuff um so i'm personally just excited to at least be able to be in a bubble with my team and you know have each other again which is you know the foundation of everything mm -hmm. yeah yeah we had a similar experience 
there was a lot of one-on-one connection. Yeah. Like I, I felt like I had individual conversations with a lot of people on our team, but we missed the pulse of what it is to all be together and the energy of us all being in a space and, you know, it's hard. brainstorming it together yeah. with a purpose. Like, yeah, that, that was gone for yeah. sure. 100%. Yeah. I think that's, it's definitely a common theme that I'm hearing from other business owners and mm-hmm. yeah, it can't be understated just how how much we do need to be, you know, connected in that way. And, and it definitely makes me appreciate it more being mm-hmm. all physically together when we can be and, and having that, yeah, electricity. Yeah. It sounds like you really thrive off of other people's presence and energy. So how was teaching, how has teaching virtual classes been? How's that experience been for you as an instructor and a business owner? So there was two sides to it. I actually enjoyed training uh, from home and I I still felt connected to the members. I really felt uh, like I could still connect with them over Zoom. Instagram Live isn't my favorite thing only because I do feel like it's harder to actually connect with who's doing it and this idea of kind of performing yeah. was sort of odd but at the same time like happy to provide content that people can watch later. I think that's really cool. Zoom was definitely my preference and I definitely encourage people to have their cameras on so I could continue to do the due diligence as a trainer, which is to keep them safe, keep their forms good, and then just provide them with like constant motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. I mean, I'm definitely like just so pumped to get back in studio and I've been teaching a few classes outside, which has really provided me with that feedback again and just that mutual energetic kind of exchange and just like music. So I just found that the, zo- the music over Zoom was just not even worth it so I wouldn't even play music on my end I would ask everyone I would like provide them with playlists and ask them to play it as loud as they could nice um (laughs) but there's something to be said for like me also being in that energy of the music and kind of like that whole holistic idea of like what a fitness a group fitness class is meant to feel like Mm -hmm. so I'm pumped for that but I definitely I didn't hate teaching over zoom and and I think you know that will continue to be a little bit of what we do um, across the board in the industry just because as people continue to work from home and even still like after COVID I think there's just going to be a whole new perspective on how people can work and how people work most efficiently um, and effectively so I don't know I'd, like there will be a, re- a return to some kind of normalcy but I think there will be a lot of changes in lifestyle and I think this, you know virtual zoom offerings is one of them yeah so do you think that some people have become so efficient in their day and working from home and then they've got their workout slotted in the middle of their day and they've got it all like down to a T that you think some people there will be a group of people that won't want to stray away from that yeah definitely interesting I definitely see people already disappointed in like our yeah the decrease in zoom offerings once Mm -hmm. we start in studio so we're going to try to figure out what that looks like I'm trying to ease my team into it I want to throw too much at them um hoping there's some way we can teach a live class and a zoom class at the same time like in the oh, same that would be room. interesting but yeah. again like i'm gonna try it first see how it goes and just you know like ease everybody into it cool yeah yeah that'd be really interesting because conceivably that could solve the capacity problem maybe right? yeah you know, in a way definitely and maybe i think we're just all guessing about what people's habits are what they yeah. want and i think they're guessing too they're they're you know everyone's in like day by day like this is what i want today and let's let's you know, talk about tomorrow, tomorrow, which mm-hmm. I think is fine too, but it's mm-hmm. just hard um, when business is very much based on like trends and predictions and 
um, you know, being able to hit goals is like, that's all out the window. So we're just kind of like, (laughs) we're just kind of here. Yeah. (laughs) Trying. There's a certain freedom to it though, too, which is interesting. It's exciting. I think that also people's level of comfort right now is very up and down and changing. Like when I walked in here, I asked, do you want me to wear a mask? Right. Like not knowing, like, I don't know what other people's comfort is right Mm -hmm. now with entering physical spaces. And Mm -hmm. I think that will just continue to evolve and we'll have to see if we get a second wave and how that affects things like knock on wood that we don't. Mm -hmm. I hope not. Mm -hmm. I think Toronto's handled things very well. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just not open the border to the U S but otherwise I think, I think Toronto's handled things so well. So I'm hopeful that won't happen, but Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's gonna be ever evolving and always changing. Yeah, so. which is good and also terrifying as a yeah. business owner, just to constantly have to be pivoting and adapting. I think obviously, like being able, being flexible and adaptable is such an important quality in a in a business owner. But it's like at a certain point, you need some stability in order to like can be able to continue to innovate because you can't just be innovating the entire business all the time. It will never work, and it like all burn out. So I yeah. think like. It is exciting. There is so much opportunity to grow and to to move and pivot, but it's also like there's something to be said for a little bit of like, you know, solid, um, solid foundation to work on. So Mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, we'll be able to find that and then, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you feel like as a leader and a business owner, you took on a lot of extra stress and pressure in feeling responsible for your team and their well-being? over the shutdown yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah it's been a really hard time for me and I'm I'm extra sensitive about about um being a caregiver leader support system inspiration source for my team and I have a big team like remember that Bolo is not a traditional boutique fitness studio we're not just open when classes is on and closed when it's not we're open more than 12 hours a day seven days a week and we have 35 staff so to an extent I had to let go of of, of being everybody's everything and and that's pressure I put on myself like mm-hmm. no one else is putting that pressure on me let's be clear like yeah. this is this is neuroses okay but um yeah I definitely felt pressure and I felt um just disappointment in myself for not knowing exactly how to show up for people and then also how to show up for myself as a leader. Um, so it definitely was, um, and then of course, like, you know, we were dealing with COVID and, and, and the shutdown and putting people on unemployment and also with the Black Lives Matter movement and just trying to support them through that and just being, you know, a leader for them through that and a leader for the community through that and then and then and then and then it's just been it's been a major time for me to feel like I I want to step up and lead and and be strong for everybody um but at the same time I'm also human going through my own human emotions about the world and about you know the state of being so I I definitely think that it was a it was a high pressure high anxiety time I don't think I've ever had anxiety quite like that and the idea of just never feeling like I was providing enough for anyone, including myself, was very pervasive. Mm-hmm. And I think my confidence as a leader took a beating. Mm-hmm. Um, again, self-imposed. Like, this is all stuff that is just in my head, but, um, but it was real for me. 
And I think, you know, over the last like couple of weeks, I've really had to take a step back and just reflect on that because I didn't feel like I could actually go back into the reopening of Bolo in the state that I was in from the beating that I felt like I had taken. So I have taken some time to myself and just to really reflect on who I am as a leader, who I want to be, how I want to show up and how I don't want to show up and um, and how I can care for myself through it all because I think it would have been a lot easier had I not been constantly questioning my own value as, as, as a leader. Why do you think you put so much pressure on yourself? I mean, part of it, I think, is just nature. And I think, you know, the other part is we went through a pandemic. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but I've never been through that. Um, <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think there was just kind of the pressure of the unknown and and this really strong desire to maintain what was. Yeah. I think I, I've been, like, you know, white-knuckling the concept of, like, everything being exactly as it was and how do we maintain that and then as I felt it kind of slipping like you know grasping even harder which is just like resisting the flow of things and then I think overall I I never wanted to be a business owner that just like comes and goes and and isn't invested in in the people in the team and in the community and to a certain degree that has created a really different kind of role for me as an owner because I take on uh, so much of just making sure that everybody's good Um, and I think that's part of what makes Bolo kind of unique Um, but I think it's also what makes it you know really taxing and and stressful for me and especially during a pandemic but certainly yeah it's, it's my nature and then and then yeah making sure that it's a team people are proud to be on and a community people are proud to be a part of and and just making sure that all of those things and all those puzzle pieces are in place so that it is those things for everyone is something that has always been important to me but again like too much pressure to put on one person and again so what way 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 (laughs) self-imposed so part of my task now is like okay cool now, how do I create a new reality in this new world and this new normal that doesn't put that much pressure on me? I can still have those values and have those priorities, but how do I like remove some of the self-imposed pressure and just kind of go with the flow a little bit more? So that's just self-work, you yeah. know, that I'm I'm meditating on and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I feel so much your intense desire to stay true to yourself and stay true to what you want for your team and what you see as the purpose behind your business. I think it's really, I think I look up to that a lot, but yeah, but I, I also can, I also sense that like in, in a pandemic Mm -hmm. and in this social justice movement that's Mm -hmm. been going on, we cannot know what's coming around the corner. We cannot Mm -hmm. know what's next. And it's Mm -hmm. not up to us to make sure that we never like our business never takes a wrong turn within mm-hmm. all this unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's too much to take on. I think for for one person, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, the unpredictability is is an interesting place to be. Again, just like from the even as basic as not being able to predict like a you know a trend of who comes on Thursdays and and how right. many people you can expect. <laughs> yeah, um, down to the unpredictability of you know people's personal values shifting or their dedication to their former professional lives and um 
Yeah, and if you take on all of that, mm-hmm. all of those little things, yeah. like that's imagine the burden. Yeah, right. There's yeah, no it's way. been a lot. It's been a lot, mm-hmm. and I certainly think I could have handled that better. But again, mm-hmm. like, how can we have prepared ourselves for this? It was like literally from one day to the next. Mm-hmm. You know, for um, sure. As a human, what do you feel like are the things that stand out to you is what you've learned over the last couple of months? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think as a human, I've just been able to sit back because I, I don't know about you and I'm sure you're in the same boat, but I'm a doer. I'm not good at just being. I'm really good at doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is exactly something that I'm personally working on as well. Yeah. Just being okay with just like existing. Right. <laughs> and not constantly having to do and prove and achieve. And yeah, 100%. innovate and, yeah. and create like creation and, yeah. and all that is, is something that is so deeply rooted in my identity. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm trying to, to learn from, from this idea of just being like, if, if I'm not okay to just be, if everything is taken away and you strip it down and I can't create, what am I, nothing? Like, no, I have to be something and be, be solid in that something mm-hmm. when you take away the creating. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, the biggest lesson was just how to fulfill myself without the, the doing. Yeah. Um, nice. How to be at peace. Like pe- peace is a word that has come up for me a lot. I just want to be feel peaceful. Mm-hmm. Just that peace. And I I thought about it a lot and definitely did not achieve it. But I think that that's my biggest takeaway is just continuing to work on that even as I'm being asked to do a lot again. Like I'll be called to do a lot, but I would like to continue the work of finding that peace and finding that that way to just to also just be and work on my being. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm really good at doing, I don't need to work on that anymore. I'm good, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, we forget about the other stuff. And I think being good at being will also make me a better doer. It'll make me a better leader. And it would certainly help alleviate some of that pressure just because yep, I'll be a little exactly. bit more self-assured away from the other stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. There's the way that you alleviate the pressure of not attaching your value as a leader, mm. your value to whether you're doing and whether you're doing enough and whether it's going well. Yes, yes. And that's so tied again, to being no, okay with being. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, this is my journey. Mm. And I do believe in pur- purpose. I believe in the universe. And I believe in turning adversity into learning moments and and pivotal points and I've certainly had a lot of adversity in my life and this is one of those moments um not to make it about me it's everyone's going through it but if I can you know take something for myself from all of this I think it's been a successful time and so I try to look at that that piece of it and just hold that with me as sort of a comforting thing yeah. yeah. So the biggest the biggest barriers that we face are what force us to grow the most because we have to overcome them. Yeah. It's easier said than done. Totally. But <laughs> Yeah. But there is, yeah. you know, there's a gra- there's a gratitude in that. Yeah. When you when you can sort of frame it that way. Yeah interesting uh I very much also um have been working on detaching my identity to action mm. and attaching it more to like who am I at my core and mm. more like values of, yeah. of my existence and presence and yeah. how I relate to people and it's it's less associated with the the actions that I take but I'm curious like what was the 
What was the last time that you felt truly at peace, like just being? Man, uh, that's a hard question because I think I'm still striving to achieve it. And I think, I guess you can find moments of peace, but what I'm looking for is an overall kind of like, like an undercurrent. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Where you can also be in a stressful situation, but also be at peace with who you are and be, yeah, like moments of joy is different than this undercurrent of peace that I'm looking for. Right. Like joyful moments. I mean, um, yeah, like I have two dogs and I I feel like they're my greatest source of uh, both mindfulness and joy. I feel like I'm never more grounded in in who I am than when I'm with them. Yeah, they also like I can't be holding my phone and like and sitting and you know snuggling with my dog. It's just not possible. So I think right. the moments when I can also <laughs> detach myself from work, which is my phone, and from social pressures, which is my phone, and all these other things that really pull us away from who we are. That's huge for me. And um, and yeah, being in nature, obviously exercise brings me a lot of joy and a lot of solace and um, space Mm. to just move my body in in the ways that feels good. Um, The reason I ask is because I think that I think that in those potentially for you fleeting moments of peace I think knowing what it is about what's happening and like you the fact that you're interacting with your dogs mm-hmm. and the fact that you are present when you do that and that you're probably not on your phone like i think those things tell us something about mm-hmm. what do, where do we go towards yeah. right? what do we what do we try to bring more of into our life and what's that sense of peace that we feel at that moment and then how do we try and like copy paste that to totally. other pieces yeah. right so i think it i think it tells us something i agree i think yeah there's definitely something there yeah to okay so how do we replicate this how do we make it how do we or how do we take that feeling and try to just like really uh, plug that in in other places or what is it about is it just the dogs or is it being away from my phone or is it the combination of things or it's it's just that really mindfulness um that calling to mindfulness that I find comforting Mm -hmm. because being mindful is really challenging we're on autopilot a lot of the time we're glued to our phones. And whether you say you are or you're not, we're all glued to our phones. 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> the people who have been able to put like yeah. really strong boundaries on their technology is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm certainly still striving for that. <laughs> uh, but I yeah. did take a two-week digital detox like, completely. Two I weeks. actually, yeah. That's, so that's I actually good. was wow. um, so serious about it that I had my husband keep my phone and only let me know if there was something urgent. Wow. Um, because I was feeling like I could only find my real thoughts and get clarity without it in my presence, like without it even near me, without even the, the potential of it yeah. going off, because yeah. that is even like an anxious, you know, awaiting a message or, or responding every time something pops up. That's not how I, how I think that I can be as clear as I needed to be mm-hmm. and I definitely think there's more of that in my future uh, and I'm this is the first time I've ever done that so that was really neat was that over COVID um, it was like before? just in the last month oh in the last month okay, when yeah. I, I nice. really felt like to move forward I had to get some space mm-hmm. and that space involved space from my phone not just Instagram not just you know slack but everything yeah everything 
I love that you said that even the presence of your phone has a pull. I think that people don't realize that, but have you ever had the experience of picking up your phone to just like see if you have a notification, but you have it hasn't actually buzzed? Or to, just... or to move from room to room. Like yeah. we're you know, sitting at my kitchen table. If I were to right. go um, to get a cup of water, I would probably grab my phone and take it with me. Right. That is not okay. Right. It's not okay. Yeah. And this autopilot nature of it is really frightening. It's actually an addiction. And I know mm-hmm. people talk about it, but it's like when you actually just think about our absolute obsession with that device, nothing has that kind of hold on me but that. It trumps everything. I'm even sometimes with my grandmother and like her phone will beep and she'll stop in the middle of the road and look at it. Like, it's like it's pervasive in our culture, and it's and COVID was wonder like was a wonderful time for a lot of people to reflect, but it certainly didn't help our <laughs> addiction to our devices because it True. was the only way we could stay connected. True. So I think that yeah, there's something there for me, and I also most of my like a lot of my career is is plugged into you know social media. That is such a challenging piece. Yeah. When our phone and our becomes our social circle and our work device and our weight. And during COVID, you just said it exactly. During COVID, it was our only way to connect to those things. So when those things all start to blur together, mm-hmm. it's actually impossible to set boundaries. Yeah, I really think of this a lot about social media and like I, I'm on social media, it's like, you know, I don't have like a massive account, so it's not something that I'm like obligated to, but for people that a lot of their business comes from their social media and from that, you know, being there and being present with that, yeah. that is a very intense pull that like you basically yeah. cannot set boundaries. Yeah. Because things with your work will suffer. Yeah, that is a really, really challenging thing to navigate. It's something that I just feel these worlds, you know, merging even more as we move forward. And it's a little bit scary. It it is. Yeah, I don't know the way out of that. I had a lot of guilt um, when I took some time away from social media, just about, yeah, not creating content, not continuing to connect with my community, which when I'm at my healthiest and, and doing well is super important to me, but I really needed to pull back. But yeah, there was, there's guilt. Yeah. About not being productive, not, you know, maintaining like a certain standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really tricky. I was having a bit of a crisis with like, how do I move forward with my personal business? Not even just with Bolo, but with Cali fit and feeling this anxiety about this piece of it. Um, that is really critical to the success, like financial success, you know? And yeah, I'm still kind of figuring that piece out. Did you feel like you got the clarity you were seeking from that two-week detox? I do think that I got clarity on what I need to work on and who's going to help me get there. So I I actually have right now three sort of different kinds of therapist that I'm seeing um one is a is a healer who I've been seeing for years her name is Sarah Moncrief she's amazing I had her on the podcast actually really early on yeah I love her so Sarah is my girl (laughs) she's awesome she helps me kind of 
spiritually figure out my shit. Yeah. Um, and she's an intuitive, so she kind of helps me just navigate some of my choices mm-hmm. um, and supports me, yeah, just from, like, that spiritual sense. Um, I also enlisted the help of a leadership consultant. Um, her name is Ali Phillips. She's also brilliant and strong and so inspiring. So she's been kind of helping me through what I need as a leader to kind of get myself back on track and what leader do I want to be and how can I take this time and take this new chapter upon myself in a way that I'm not carrying forward bad habits or things that didn't serve me. Mm-hmm. She's been amazing for that. And then I'm seeing a psychotherapist virtually. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, I've got work to do, and I don't like. And yeah. I, and again, I'm like, I'm good at work, so I'm like, okay, what's my homework? Um, yeah. But uh, I got clarity on needing support, which I think is hard for us to ask for. And I definitely like hit hit a point where I was like, no, 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 I can't do this alone anymore, and I need to ask for help. And I did it, and I'm so glad. And again, I'm you know I'm in week three of that, or week four of that, and I. I'm excited to continue and to continue to do the work in that way. So I, I definitely know what I need. And I think taking that space helped me just clarify who I want to be and what life I want to live. Bolo's reopening, but I certainly don't want to revert back to old habits, to revert back to mm-hmm. to old frameworks and mindsets that didn't, you know, that didn't make me successful or happy mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's also okay to want to be successful and happy. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we as business owners forget that. Like my personal joy can also be on my list. Right. It doesn't have to just be success of the business, responsibility to the business, happiness of my staff, happiness of the community. Like I can be at the top. And, and I would argue you should be. A hundred percent. And right? I think that that's not something I've been living. Mm-hmm. And I think getting clarity on that. And, you know, I'm going away this weekend. We're opening on Wednesday. I'm going away this weekend, which is actually was a huge moment for me. I almost didn't do it knowing that we were, you know, in the, you know, the last few moments. Before, yeah. And I was like, no, because this is a new, this is a new way of being. This is a new way of, of thinking because old Callie would have spent would have put all the things that bring me joy and that bring me closer to me as a person, as a human, as a woman, way farther down on the list than, than putting the business first. And to be, to be honest, the business will be fine. We're going to open on Wednesday. It's going to be great. I've done the work. We're going to continue to do the work when I'm back. But old me would have let that anxiety and that pressure just eat away what I need to fill my soul. Mm-hmm. And I just like refuse to go back to that. Mm-hmm. There's a peace in that. There's a confidence in that. That when you were talking about how you were struggling with the pressure at the beginning, mm-hmm. like that's different the yeah. way that you're talking now. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, at least I'm trying. I think if I just, if I just, yeah. Just do, right? Sometimes, like sometimes yeah, you, you just, just have to be like, no, this is, I need to just go away, even if I'm still worried about uh-huh. it, and just mm-hmm. do the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. just do, take the action yeah. and the thoughts and the beliefs will follow yes exactly so I'm like no I'm doing it and then you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna try to be present and as mindful as possible and set boundaries and and yeah I might not be perfect perfect at it this time but it starts with you know making taking that step and and just unlearning all all that bad shit Mm -hmm. yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about Bolo as a brand? So what does Bolo stand for? So and Bolo, what are you guys like all about? Okay, sure. <laughs> like pre-COVID, yeah? Well, has it changed? I mean, just in terms of, yeah, actually how we're able to serve, which we've talked yeah. about. But um, right. so Bolo stands for Body Love. Actually, the full name of the business is Body Love Inc. And when I use the term body love, first of all, you know, that terminology has become so cliche, self-love, body love, um, body positivity, things mm-hmm. like that. And I think it's it's overused a little bit. When I had when I had conceptualized the business, it wasn't so trendy yet. But I I always want to be clear that I'm not just talking about self-love or appreciation of our physical form in that terminology of body love. What I wanted to kind of capture is this holistic idea of all the ways that we can show love to our bodies mm-hmm. and how different my studio and, and my business would be in its approach to wellness and and the whys. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Bolo is um, a workspace cafe and a gym and a beauty and blow dry bar. And within that kind of trifecta are so many ways that we can show love to ourselves and and treat our bodies right for the right reasons. Um, So I wanted a place where people could slow down and eat a meal. That's huge. When I was freelancing as a journalist and, and also teaching, you know, boxing on the side and doing all these things and running around to media events, like, I don't even think I would stop moving to eat. And I think that that's, you know, just stopping and, and eating in one spot yeah. is a massive way that we can show ourselves love. <laughs> Another way we can show ourselves love is actually nourishing our body with good food um, and not just taking the closest thing, you know, at Starbucks. Like, how many egg bites have I eaten in the last three years? <laughs> uh, which is fine, but I just think, like, I was craving somewhere where I could just do a little bit better than that or... or be more intuitive with what I want and in that in that intuition as well is not just having green smoothies as a choice you know we've had uh, we have alcohol we have a candy bar we have you know a range of things that are like both quote healthy and unhealthy and I think to me those both need to operate in the same space um, yeah. you know this non-restrictive idea you can be in the same space as a Hershey's kiss and still be healthy isn't it funny that we very much separate out those things? We very much think of certain places as being unhealthy food places and other places as being healthy food places, yeah. quote unquote, right? Yeah. When like those two terms, like that doesn't actually exist, yeah. right? And so it's uh, it's very interesting as you're saying that, I'm sort of realizing that we do that, yeah. but why can't we just have a space where it all just is and it all just is food? Totally. And I think it just eliminates this like fear. Like if you're only yeah. ever going to, yeah, like vegan, all organic places and then suddenly you're at a party with Doritos, it causes anxiety. And it, it did for me when I was so restrictive. It would be like, I can't be in the same room as Doritos or I'll first of all lose control. Mm-hmm. And because I, it's like, it's like a chipmunk, like stuffing food in the side of your cheeks to <laughs> save it for later because you're never going to have it again. Exactly. As opposed to it just being kind of like in your, in your everyday kind of space mm-hmm. and, and being okay and controlled and intuitive for when you want to engage in, in either side of things. So that was really huge for me. And then, and then having a physical space for 
people to to take relationships out of the gym and into a social space without having to physically leave because that physical leaving between like making a friend in class and then actually taking the step to like leave together or meet up at a different point mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. found with myself and and also with students that I would just be watching it's an awkward moment and I just was like what if we put a social space in there that was comfortable where you could get a glass of wine or have a tea or whatever your choice may be and take those relationships um to the next level so to speak that's Um, so smart I love it yeah and that was huge for me and then having a space as well where we could host conversations and speakers and panels and um and love ourselves by nourishing our minds and connecting with with experts and information and, and that kind of thing was huge for me. So the cafe was a huge piece of that self-love uh, puzzle that was incredibly important to to me. Um, as well as, you know, having a space where you can get your work done. Again, when I was freelance writing and again, running around the city, taking clients, taking meetings with editors and doing my social media stuff, like, I was like, why is it so hard to get my fitness in and get my work done? This this shouldn't be something I have to choose between. Because usually fitness and wellness will always lose. Right? If you have a deadline, yeah. And you have to be in a in one space to get to meet that deadline and then you have to rush over or whatever, I guarantee you the first thing that people are going to sacrifice is going to be their physical wellness Mm -hmm. and I always felt pulled by that and it was it always was such a source of stress like oh I can't go to the gym or I can't move my body if I want to do this like this this or right this or that was really bothered me so having that efficiency and I think again that's just a way that we can like provide love for ourselves provide love for all the different versions of ourselves the fitness space was important for me to have a, a different approach just in terms of I'm a boxer. I was a competitive boxer in my 20s. Um, and I never wanted to move the same way every day. But I always felt really restricted by the different gyms I would belong to. So if I belong to a boxing gym and I pay all this money to be a member um, and I want to do a little bit of like hot mobility and I want to power lift and, and, and it's not feasible for most people. And, and like, you know, unless you belong to good life, um, who has all this variety of classes, um, right. you, you either couldn't belong to one gym or... But then you lose, I mean, you obviously lose so much of the community. The community, right. Yeah. So I just wanted to solve that issue. I wanted people to be able to like wake up and decide how they wanted to move that day and it could be different. So I created a hot room and a quote-unquote hit room. We do a lot of boxing, but we also do kind of like a lot of other styles of movement that I think are critical in kind of rounding out people's wellness routines. And again, just allowing them to decide how their body wants to move that day and how they will feel their best. Because for me, it's not the same every day. And creating this idea of like learning skills versus this like calorie burning, get on the leaderboard of energy expenditure. And like, that's the only way that is best for you to move. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to change all that and, and find a space where we could like, yeah, focus on like footwork and boxing and not about like how many burpees we've done and have a burpee class. Like, right. you know, cause, like, it, cause sometimes sure. we need that too. Yeah. Um, that was, that was really big f- 
for me just being more focused on the movement and the feeling versus the calorie expenditure um I wanted to have a staff that aligned on those principles and everything from our language to our own personal habits reflected that value. So like not using ever terminology about how many calories you're burning, what the best exercises are for, you know, whittling your waistline or whatever. (laughs) We would never talk about, you know, earning a turkey dinner or working off, you know, last night's festivities. These are not things that I align with and they're, they have no space at Bolo. And that was, that's really purposeful for me. And that is reflected in, in the team. And then thusly we attract people who want that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then definitely people who come who, who are about, you know, other things, which is totally fine too. I think that they usually don't feel connected. Mm -hmm. Certainly you can get a hardcore workout at Bolo, but I just think that yeah, the mindset is different and, and that's been really purposeful for me. And then the beauty bar, again, it, when you think about sacrifices, if people have a board meeting or if they have a date or if they have an event and they've washed their hair, the workout is the first thing to go out the window. I can't, it's, I've just got a blowout. I've, it's, it's a hair washing day or I'm not going to have time to get myself together or I don't know how to do my stuff. I was like, okay, how do we eliminate all these excuses? You shouldn't have to feel not confident in your board meeting because you did a workout. I think you can have both. So creating the beauty bar was again, just an extension of allowing women specifically to achieve all that they want to without having to worry about feeling confident and it's not about superficiality but it is about this feeling of like taking on the world and in whatever way that you want to do that best and for a lot of women that's tied in in the professionalism of having you know fresh hair and clean kind of appearance look yeah Yeah, and and no one should have to apologize for that either and then I also acknowledge that people don't always have time for a 60-minute blowout, like how luxurious, or have the money for it. So I tried to create like 20-minute services, 30-minute services, 40-minute services, everything down from like if you've come out of the hot room and you're sweaty and you need to carry on but you want to look cute, we have braid services. If you you know, just want us to touch up what you had before and just get the sweat out and make it smooth, we've got a service for that. So it's just really important for me to solve problems that... Pr- prevent us from being able to take care of ourselves yeah I love that yeah intuitive came up a couple times Mm -hmm. there in in intuitive eating and intuitive movement Mm -hmm. why is that a word that you connect to have you gotten to that place so when I when people ask me like what does wellness look like to you like in myself it's just like being able to know what my body wants and what it needs and then being able to provide that for Mm -hmm. it and so, yeah, for me, intuition is wellness. Like, even if it's just the intuition of knowing I need support for my mental health right. or the intuition of knowing I need a detox. And certainly, like, I'm not perfect at it. And, you know, I have battled, like, major body dysmorphia, exercise dysmorphia, and, and abusive eating. And so, and I think that those things kind of stay with us forever. Or, But I do think that finding some intuition within my own body to know what I want and what I need. I may not always follow it or I might resist it sometimes in my mind, but coming back to that is what keeps me 
what keeps me level and what keeps me healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want that for people. I mm-hmm. want people to wake up and know, okay, I don't want to do a treadmill hit class today. I need some like animal flow or I need a, a yoga or I need to go for a walk. Right. Um, I used to be someone who like, why would you get on a treadmill and not sprint? And this morning, like I just walked for an hour on my treadmill and listened to a podcast. And that's like, that was my intuitive you know, gift to myself today. And I just think that that is such a gift. And I, I would love nothing more than for people to make those decisions um, to kind of loosen the restraints on what you think you have to do, what your obligation is, and do what you want to do. Like, what do you feel like doing? Yeah. And does that look the same as what you decided that you should do? And then how do we get those things closer? Mm-hmm. The podcast is called How Do You Feel? Yeah. Because I remember so clearly what it felt like to never ask myself that question Mm -hmm. and to never stop and think about what I needed or how I was feeling or how my body was. And I was driven by exactly what you're saying about, I was driven by what I needed to do that day and what I had to accomplish and what my workout should be. And I just didn't understand the concept of asking myself that. And then it's been a skill to learn to listen, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. you're saying you're not perfect at it. Like, I don't think anyone's perfect at it. I think it's a process of learning how to listen and learning how to then follow whatever it is that you're hearing from yourself. Yeah. But yeah, it's something that, that we will always be working on. And as I talk to my clients about this all the time as well, and the listeners of just, that's what I want for people as well. So I'm yeah. very, very much with you on that concept. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. And again, a lifelong kind of journey, but it's... Uh... It's a worthwhile one for sure. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Callie, if we could kind of put COVID aside and think maybe like five, 10 years down the road, what is your ultimate vision for Bolo? That's a really good question because I think it's, it has shifted. Mm -hmm. Um, My vision for Bolo has always been to, to, yeah, be a community connector a place that is so so set and strong in its culture and its values and I, and I would like I would have liked that to be something that I could recreate in many different communities mm-hmm. I'm from Winnipeg originally I haven't I've been here for longer than I was there because I'm old now but <laughs> I think about like wow how how much the Winnipeg community would love to have something like Bolo and how I want to kind of gift that to the community. And it's like, I do see Bolo as such an amazing addition to anybody's lives. Um, and so I'm not really sure at this point because, you know, um, yeah, expansion was on my mind for those reasons. And I don't know like how we're all going to feel about taking on risk like that, you know, when we know what the possibilities could be like with with the pandemic and things mm-hmm. and maybe I'm just like in a PTSD kind of state <laughs> yeah maybe. Um, but yeah I think I've really wanted to spread that love you know and not just keep it in a downtown Toronto core because that's so niche and it's something about COVID that was cool with the virtual classes is we had people kind of joining in from all over the country and that felt really good I was mm-hmm. like oh cool because they can experience it now and mm-hmm. it is different mm-hmm. um, so we'll see if I return to that I think for myself as a leader, I want to be able to to have Bolo um, 
to and to have it thrive without me needing to continue to have the kind of pressure on myself that I have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I hope that we can continue to nurture the the events, the talks, the like the intellectual and spiritual side of things because we've got the fitness on lock. You yeah. know what I mean? Our smoothie menu is popping. Yeah. <laughs> but the stuff that really is meaningful to me is also supplementing our community with with that yeah, intellectual, spiritual, soulful conversation, just like this one, and providing a space to do it in. So I guess we'll kind of have to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Cool. Um, if people want to learn more about you and Bolo, where can they go to do that? To find you on social, online, where do they go? Yeah. Um, well, me personally, I'm at Cali Fit, and um, on that profile is where I kind of. Um, use it as an outlet to express how I'm feeling as an entrepreneur, um, which has kind of been the dominating topic lately, just because I have been going through so much and I try to be as real as possible. Um, but also where I talk about body image hangups and, and new perspectives on fitness and, um, yeah, just the things that, that inspire me and hopefully inspire others as well. Um, so that's where you can find that. And then Bolo Inc. is our social media handle. And that's where you can find all the latest and greatest <laughs> updates. And yeah, it, in, for those reasons, social media is a beautiful, beautiful tool to connect. But yeah. Awesome. Is there anything that you'd like to say, final words, before we sign off? Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, thank you for putting a microphone in front of me and asking me questions. It makes me feel real special. I love asking <laughs> questions. I could ask questions all day. Yeah, you're really good at it. <laughs> Thanks, Callie. Yeah. This has been awesome. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast this week, guys. I hope that everybody enjoyed that episode. Remember, we release a new episode every Monday morning, so always be on the lookout for those. Make sure that you hit subscribe. I also really appreciate all the ratings and reviews. They really mean a lot to me. Even better, if you have someone in your life that you think would benefit from hearing the messages and the topics that we're discussing in this podcast, please share the show with them and help spread the word about how do you feel. If you want to follow along with me and my journey, you can follow me on Instagram at KCMZav. Or you can find the podcast website, howdoyoufeelpodcast.com. That's all I have for you this week, guys. Make sure that you get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.